Pray for a change. We're going to dive in and talk about prayer today. Let me just go ahead and say this. If you, oh, prayer or, you, you know, hey, come on, let's pray. If any of that seems boring to you, you're not doing it right. Okay, and so that's part of what we want to do here. And we're going to see uh, that prayer works and that you can pray. And um, it's actually quite enjoyable when, you, when you're communing with God and seeing answers in your life. I want to read to you two verses uh, out of the book of Philippians. I'm going to read it, first of all, in the New Living Translation. And then I'm going to read it in the message paraphrase. I'm going to read it a little bit slow because one of the keys to understanding the Bible is read it slow. And if you've heard these verses over and over, I want you to act like you've never heard them before. And if you've never heard these verses before, I want you to act like you've never heard them before. Okay? And um, so let's just dive in with this here in Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Isn't that awesome? And then in the message, it says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Isn't that awesome? Y'all, I was not reading the phone book right there. That was some, that was some, good, <laughs> some good stuff. All right, I, I got to go ahead and tell you this. Uh, last week, I, w- I was at the car wash, and I'm in like the little waiting area. And um, I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, this lady, uh, and I'm reading, and she says, Pastor Tim. And I went, oh, hey. You know, and so I talked to her a little bit, and she said, um, we, we've come to Meadowbrook off and on for, for a long, long time. And I go, what's this off and on thing? And she goes, well, we're on now. And I said, good, good, we'll keep it that way. She says, hey, I just got to say something. And so I'm going to turn the tables here on you a little bit. She said, I normally come to the third service. And she said, but a few weeks ago, I went to one of the earlier services. It seemed like those people were asleep. And I stood up for them, okay? And I used that on them all this morning, too. I said, you know, don't, don't let car wash, car wash lady win on this one, okay? But, but uh, I don't know if y'all are getting cocky or what here, but, you know. Come on up with me here this, today, all right? We're, we're alive and well in this place. All right, good deal. Well, pray for a change is our title. I want to kind of lean on this a couple of different ways. First of all, pray for a change. Pray for a change. Pray that something will change. You've got something that needs to happen. What, you, what should you do? You should, you should pray. Pray for a change. Pray that that changes. Just lean kind of back on the other way. You need to pray for a change. Yeah, instead of you worrying, complaining, panicking, reverting to crisis mechanisms, whatever it would be, you need to pray for a change. And so either way, we need to pray. And, and you know what? It is evident when you're trying to do it all on your own because then you're grumpy, panicking, worrying, complaining, whatever else. Anybody here guilty? Okay. And, and what we need to do, we just read it from scriptures, we need to pray. Now, what if we really believe this? 
I mean, so many things we do because somebody else or, or buy or get or go uh, because somebody else says, you know, if you do that, that would really help this. You know, people put cucumbers over their eyes because somebody told them to make them look younger. When I was little, my, my mom, my mom passed in 1990. My, my mom had asthma. And so my mom was one of these big, well, they say, how many of you know what I mean by that? They say, you know, she got all her information from they. We never met they. And she came home one day because she having some trouble with her asthma. And she, she said, you know, they say if we moved to Arizona, it would be better. Or if we bought a Chihuahua. We bought a Chihuahua. That's the most evil dog. Seriously. Ours was. And part of it was, back then all TVs were big. And they were up on legs. Remember that? They were just massive. So people couldn't steal them. Now you just stick them on the wall. But they're massive. And that dog lived under that TV. Who knows how much radiation. And the other place it lived when it did come out was over by a refrigerator. Our refrigerator was harvest brown in color. And it had this vent at the bottom. I mean, you could dry your feet. Just this hot air just blowing. So the dog lived there or there. And the only time you saw it was in between when it would come out to snip at you. I don't know if it helped your asthma or not, but we bought a dog, an evil dog, because somebody said that would help you. And here I am telling you today that instead of all your worrying, fretting, all of those things, if you pray, if you pray, it help you. And, and I'm standing here in front of you. It's not a they say thing. I, I read scripture, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you that prayer will help you. And instead of all that other stuff that you do, let's pray. Let's pray for a change. We've been given an incredible, powerful privilege to be able to connect with the almighty God, the creator, the redeemer God, who's also, and this is the good part, he's our heavenly father. And that's pretty, that's pretty amazing too, that we, we even get to communicate with him. And when we're amazed to drive by somewhere and go, you know, uh, you know, Elvis stood there. There's a sign on the billboard uh, or on the interstate says something about eat it hot dog where Elvis did. Anybody want to go after church? I mean, we'll get the bus. We'll go, you know, it's like, all right, whatever, you know, but listen, we are able to communicate with the all y'all are missing me. Communicate with the almighty God, the creator, redeemer, heavenly father. I I can talk to him. You want me to talk to him? I can talk to him. Can you talk? And, And so you know, we have that privilege, powerful privilege, and we, we need to use that, and it's called prayer. And God has invited us to do this. We're not imposing. And he's set up a very user-friendly system. And I'll say this again. It only got complicated and confused by religion and the devil. That's what, those are the two things that made prayer awkward for us. And we're going we're gonna, to cut through all of this and just see that prayer works. Prayer is wonderful. Prayer is fun. Prayer is powerful. And it's such a privilege. And we need to pray for a change. Amen. I've said it for years. I believe the number one problem with praying is we don't. We don't. James 4.2 says you do not have because you do not 
because you do not ask. So we should, we should ask. We should pray. And my assignment is to get you praying. I, I'm very clear in what God wants to happen over these six, seven weeks total here is to get you praying. And ultimately, a people prepared. She don't know what's coming on the earth. I don't either. But we just need to be a, a people that are prepared. We know how to be in communication with God and pray for a change and, and get things to happen and things to change in our life and in our world. And so uh, we have this opportunity to pray. God has given that to us. And we need to not only just pray, we need to be people that are praying it's part of a lifestyle. And this is the brand of prayers I, I think we should be. We should be confident and we should be humble. We should be confident and we should be humble. We should always have confidence to pray and then we should just be humble that whole process. And that God would hear us and God would help us in those ways. And so out of that, and we've said this for years too, um, this should be something that happens to you frequently. And it's this, that you're never surprised and you're always amazed. Never surprised, always amazed. It still tickles me. People go, you know, we prayed on that and God answered. Like they're surprised. You should never be surprised. You always be amazed. Everybody say, never surprised. surprised. Always amazed. amazed. Let's say it again, never surprised. surprised. Always amazed. amazed. And that's confident and that's humble. And uh, it's people that are prayers as part of our life for that. Well, let's go to Psalm 34. We're going to look at something very important this morning. The psalmist says in Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord and he heard me. Look at that word heard right there. In the Hebrew, it's translated here, heard. It also means answered, answered. The English Standard Version brings that out. There's something that's called a covenant reciprocal response, which means God has set up an agreement. God has set up a a covenant that if we'll do certain things, he will reciprocate. And one of the things he said is if we'll pray, if we'll call to him, he'll hear us and he will answer us. So I sought the Lord. I prayed. I called out to God. And he what? He heard. He answered. And here's what he did. He delivered me from all my fears. Notice the word there, fears. We'll come back to it in a moment. Then down in verse 6, it says this. This poor man, and the psalmist is referring to himself. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him, which means he also what? answered him and saved him out of all his troubles. So what we're to do, we're to have an active, an active prayer life. But if we'll notice here, David said, first of all, I sought the Lord and he heard me, he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. Fears technically has to do with a future concern. It's something that's coming up. And so he's, he's got something he's going to need to deal with. He's afraid of. It's, it's out there. And this would be, he not only has an active prayer life, but he is proactive. Okay? Because he's praying about something yet to come. And the next verse, verse 6, it says, And this poor man cried out to the Lord, and he heard, he answered, and he saved him out of all his what? Out of all his troubles. And the troubles means your, your present problems, your present pain. And so that actually is reactive. And so in our prayer life, we're to be active in prayer. We should be prayers. It should be part of our life. And, and thank God we can pray reactive. And that means the present things. I mean, something had to happen for now to be here. You know, for your situation right now, there are things that happen. So now we have to react to that 
So thank God that we can. Thank God that he will save us, that he will help us, that he can, he can fix some things for us. This car wash lady here. All right. But where I want to lean in today is proactive. What's this in Romans 12, 12? Rejoicing in hope, that's future. Patient in tribulation, that's current. That word's also affliction. Continuing steadfastly or faithful in prayer. We can be proactive, reactive. Well, let's be active in prayer. This morning, I want to really lean on being proactive in prayer. You've got to get ahead of things in prayer. We've got to get ahead of things in prayer. What a lot of people do, they love Jesus, they come to church, they do all this kind of things, but then they just walk into things. Things just kind of smack them in the face. And you need to be ahead of things on this. Now, this is still earth. This is not heaven. So I'm not, I'm not promising you perfect life, no problems, all of that, uh, if you'll just pray. But I'm telling you what, it's going to be exponentially different in your life if you're ahead of things in, in, in prayer. Amen. Now, through prayer, proactive prayer, we can get ahead of things. I think things can be uh, derailed. You know, evil and, and plans of the enemy towards you, I think they can be uh, averted and thwarted. I, I, I think certain things that were plotted against you can come to nothing. I, I think the enemy of your soul can end up frustrated because God and his angels and his Holy Spirit and his promises and him moving on his people can get ahead of you. I'd rather live that way. I'd rather live that way. I've shared this with you that your future is paved in prayer. Go ahead and say it. My future, My future is paved in prayer. Paved in prayer. And, and we talked about it last week. I'm going to talk about it a little bit again because this is important. Proactive prayer. Your future is paved in prayer. Prayer does not change now. It doesn't change right now. But I need to pray now. Because what prayer does is it prepares my future. Your future is when? Just right ahead of you. Way out there and right here. So I need to pray. You need to pray. And prayer will not change now. Prayer prepares my future. So if I don't like now, if you don't like what you're in now... Then you pray so that your future is prepared so it does not look and feel like now. Pray now. And if you like now, pray now. So that your, your future is prepared so that your now is preserved and increased. But you got to pray now. And so that's proactive prayer that we're praying now. Instead of just running into everything and now I got to pray. It's better that we're, we're ahead of the game. Are you following me on this? And God, you need to know this. God is with you. God is also behind you. God is way ahead of you. And, and we can pray and God wants to. He invited us into it. He's the one who told us all this. He's the one who gave us the promises that we're talking about. It's not some bygone religious something. It's not something that somebody made up for some television offering. This is real deal that we can pray and God will hear. And when we pray, it's preparing our future. And that's what I want us to look at as we continue on this morning. I believe it's better to prevent than to repent. I believe it's better to prepare than to repair. I believe it's better to discover than to recover. You know, take your car, for example. It would be better for you to do preventive maintenance on that thing. Right. 
than to have to call the tow truck. It would be better for you to keep oil in it and air in the tires and take care of it and do some things and put gas in it. Car wash lady, are you here? It would be better to, to be ahead of the game than to have to call the tow truck. Now, the, thank God the tow truck will come. Thank God it will, but it's better. Everybody say, it's better. It would be better that we took care of things, that we took care of them in advance and prayed ahead, pray proactive. Notably, in the New Testament, it seems to emphasize proactive prayer. For example, Jesus taught us this, ask and you shall or will receive, that's leaning forward. Seek and you will, shall, find. Knock and the door will be open. This is all futures, leaning forward. The Lord's Prayer, the Lord's Prayer, our Father. The only thing reactive in that prayer, and let me just touch on this just for a moment. Um, you can pray the Lord's Prayer, but really it's a template, it's a model. The disciples had just said, teach us to pray. They didn't say, teach us a prayer. Okay? So it's powerful. It covers a lot of stuff, but Jesus is saying, here's the template. Load this thing up. Make it personal. Okay? So when we, the Lord's Prayer even, the only thing reactive in that is forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That's the only thing. The rest of it is leaning forward. It's, it's proactive. It's, it's preparing your future. In Matthew six thirteen, at the end of it, it says, and do not lead us into, this is leaning forward here, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And uh, more appropriately in the, in the Greek, it's deliver us, and it really has the idea of to lead around, to lead around temptation. How many of you would do better if you avoided it? Okay. And then, and be delivering us, the tense of it is, be delivering us from the evil one. You need to be praying that rather than being tempted and assaulted all day long by the evil one. It'd be better that God is leading you around temptation and is delivering you from the evil one. And then in Matthew twenty six forty one, it says, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Watch and pray. Watch this. Watch and pray so that you don't enter into temptation. Now, y'all are third service people. Even people at the car wash think you're awesome. <laughs> but I would suspect you have temptations. And, and pretty much you have the same type of temptations you've had your whole life. And the devil knows those things. And... You willing to overcome, uh, I'm, I'm going to do better. Yeah, how's that worked? How's that worked? And what you need is you need, and I need, we need help from God. And if you'll watch and pray, yes, you've got some resistance to put up and, and some choices to make and to be wise and not be stupid and not set yourself up. Amen. But you need help. And if you'll watch and pray... Lest you enter into temptation, which indicates to us this. That if you don't watch and pray, the devil's going to win by default. Because you did nothing but show up with, okay, I'm going to try harder now. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Watch and pray so that you don't enter into temptation. I believe that so many things could be different. 
if you would pray. So many things could be avoided, overcome. You could stay on track better. You'd make better decisions. You'd have better outcomes if you'd watch and pray. Prayer should lean into our future. And then there's a preparedness that comes. There's a calm that comes. Listen, I don't care if you're facing surgery or court or a big project or travel or whatever it would be. I'm going to guarantee you, you'll be more calm. You'll feel more prepared if you'll pray ahead of time. So many people just show up panic mode. Pray, we need a miracle right now. Okay, you can get those. But it would be better. Everybody say, it's better. It's better if you'd pray for a change. And get ahead of this thing and pray. You got something coming up. Let's get on it. And we'll talk about this in a few weeks. Get somebody else on it with you. Let's pray. Let's do this thing. Where are they at? We'll take care of it. You know, and hook up together. Agree in prayer. And, and, and walk into this with some calm and some preparedness. Watch this in 1 Timothy 2. It says, therefore, the apostle Paul writes, Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that, that supplications, that's a type of prayer, Prayers, it's another type of prayer. Intercession, it's another type of prayer. And giving of thanks, another brand of prayer. Be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority. That implied so that, so that, everybody say so that. So that we may lead, it's lean in future again. So that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Quick non-scientific survey here. How many of you would like to lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence? And it's not talking about heaven, it's talking about here. We're even praying for leaders and authority in the, in the same context here. And we want that, but that's how you do it. You pray. Listen, your house and your neighborhood is not just going to suddenly turn sweet. It's going to be because you pray. And when you pray for your neighbor driving by them, don't point at them, okay? Don't do that, okay? Just saying. 2 Thessalonians 2.7 says, For the mystery of lawlessness. Notice that word lawlessness. Everybody say lawlessness. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he, notice capital H, only he who now restrains, notice that word restrains, will do so until he is taken out of the way. Let's look at this just a little bit. Lawlessness is at work. I don't know if y'all have seen any news lately, but lawlessness is at work. And the mystery of lawlessness is at work. But it's being restrained. The Greek word for restrain means to hold down, to hold back, to hinder, uh, to limit. Lawlessness is in the earth, but it's still being restrained. Can you imagine what it'd be like if it wasn't restrained? Well, who's restraining it? The Holy Spirit and the church of the living God. They go together. The Father is seated in heaven and at his right hand, the Lord Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Whoever lives to make intercession for us, he's praying for change. And the Holy Spirit is the agent of action, the person of the Godhead that's in the earth and he's in us and he's with us. And his presence and the presence of the living church. I'm not just talking about church as usual, religious, stale, dusty. I'm not talking about that. And I'm not judging anybody. But I'm telling you about a living church where people are seeking after God. They love to worship God. They want to learn. 
They come to church. Church has to have a lot of services because people want to get in here. And they don't act like car wash thing. thing. All right, you, you with me? Okay, I'm talking about you guys. People that have a heart after God. They're growing in God. That's serious to them. God, I belong to you. I don't have it all right, but I belong to you. Those kind of folks, that kind of church and the Holy Spirit, just their presence in the world makes a difference. Then the proclamation of righteousness. Light overcomes darkness. And then thirdly, prayer. Prayer. What is restraining lawlessness? The presence of the Holy Spirit in the living church. The proclamation of God's light. And prayers of God's people. Are y'all hearing me? Listen, it's horrible out there. I mean, there's stabbings on schools. Senseless murders. There's lost people running in packs together. Just mayhem. Shootings on our campuses. There's all kinds of injustice and corruption and prejudice and all kinds of things going on in our world. And I'll tell you what it is. It's lawlessness. And if we're not careful, we're going to act like some church people. It's like, well, see, the whole world's going down the toilet. You're on the wrong end of this whole thing. It's being restrained. Can you imagine if it was not being restrained? Which, which encourages me with this. What all is being restrained? How many shootings are being restrained? How many stabbings are being held back? How many things that somebody had full intentions of doing evil and somehow they get blocked from doing it? How many people suddenly run up against an angel and don't even know it's an angel because you are not going near this property. You're not even coming on this house. Who is that? You have no idea. We have no idea what is being restrained. But here's what we need to do. For my house, your house, my street, your street, my neighborhood, your neighborhood, my Ocala, stop calling it slow Cala. I'm... God's doing something here, folks, all right? Hold on. My Ocala, your Ocala, Marion County, this region, that's ours. That's where we're at. This is on our watch. This is on our watch. So we're praying for peace and safety and prosperity and for God to bless and keep safe and help people out. Amen. You got to pray, though. It, it doesn't just happen because we're sweet and we love Jesus. You got to pray for a change. We got to get out ahead of this. Are y'all hearing me? You got to pray and prepare your future in this way. Now, I want to share a couple of things with you real quick, and then we're going to wrap, wrap this up here this morning. These are some elements that need to be in our prayer. My job, my assignment is to get you folks praying, to get you praying. Include these things as you, as you approach prayer. First of all, ready. Everybody say ready. ready. I think you've got to get ready for prayer. Sometimes I'll sit down with somebody to pray, and they're like, they're all crazy already. You know what? I'm still thinking about I hadn't settled into the chair yet. So fast, so noisy, so religious at times. You know, even if you're getting ready to bowl, you take a moment, get ready. Dry your hand off on the little vent there and make sure you got your ball. Think about what you're going to do. 
But prayer sometimes, we just got these pat things that we learn by rote, and we just, Heavenly Father, you know, just go right ahead. And I'm saying, chill. Slow down, poise yourself, poise your spirit. It takes a few moments for your heart and your mind, your soul to just kind of slow down. You need to approach this thing right. I'm about to talk to God. I mean, wouldn't you, if you're about to go in and talk to the boss, make sure you're, you know, and just take a moment and just poise yourself and prepare yourself. Get ready. Secondly, aim. What are you praying about? Number one problem with praying is we don't. Number two problem with praying is vagueness. And God bless all the people for all their stuff and things everywhere all at once. Amen. And then we feel like we've done something. (laughs) We didn't do anything. What are you praying about? What are you praying about? Get centered up. Get centered up on this. What am I praying about? What, What are you feeling? What's the situation? How does it make you feel? What do you desire for this? And and most importantly, what does God say about this? What are God's promises on this? Ready? Aim. Last one? Fire. But it's not fire you think. It's not like ready, aim, fire. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Something happens when you put something into prayer. This fire that I'm talking about is fervent. It's heat from within. You feel it. It's not some little mental or mindless prayer. You feel it. And it doesn't really have anything to do with volume. Volume may vary. You know, it cracks me up over the years. I've seen people that the church they attend feel like you've got to scream when you pray and wear camo. And you run into them on Tuesday. How you doing? Been praying. Listen, you don't have to do that, okay? You don't have to do that. It, volume may vary. It's not a volume issue. It's a passion issue. It's a fervency issue. It's a fire issue. Listen, 2.30 in the morning and your baby's burning fever. Jesus, thank you for junior. No, you, I mean, you're... We're praying on this. Last weekend, my daughter and my son-in-law moved to Nashville. They had all of their earthly belongings in a truck. My daughter's driving a car. My, my wife went with them to drive up and get all settled in. And do you think when they left, I thought, y'all call me when you get there. Hope it goes good. Atlanta's horrible driving through there. You know what we did? We prayed in the, in the driveway before they left. I laid hands on vehicles. I prayed, I prayed every time I thought, every meal, I prayed. I wasn't just waiting for a call. I hope they made it. Oh, God. <laughs> no, it's some heat from beforehand. God clear out all the bad drivers. You're laughing at me, but it's, uh, clear all the drivers. Let these cars operate in perfection. Let all my drivers be alert and may they enjoy the trip. May they have Godspeed. May they have favor. Thank you that you go before them. You go with them. And goodness and mercy, follow them all the way to Nashville, Tennessee. And you get ahead of it. 
Look at me. Here's my point. Do not pray weak prayers. I'll say it for these over here. Do not pray weak prayers. Prayer works. And if it matters, and if God said you put a little bit something into it, I'll put something into it. Let's pray like that. Let's pray like that. We can be active in prayer. Get ready, aim, fire, pray, and get ahead of things. Your future is paved in prayer. Our future is paved in prayer. Let's be people who pray. Let's pray for a change. Amen. Did you get anything at all out of this today? All right. Thank you, Lord.